Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And today I'd like to talk to you a little bit about a section of the book of Ecclesiastes. The entire book is a fascinating journey of discovery. Yet one particular section of it has grabbed my attention. These words have come to mean more to me as the years have continued to fly by. Let's begin with Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1. Solomon wrote, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them. As the preacher Solomon came to the end of what I'm going to call his sermon, he offered a warning. The warning is especially directed to the young, but everyone of all ages can learn from his wisdom. People need to turn to the Creator while they are still able to do so completely with all of their faculties and abilities. As a person grows older, he or she may no longer be as capable of thinking seriously about God, about His Word, and about His will for us. This is illustrated by Solomon's reference in chapter 12, verse 1, to the evil days. The New American Standard Bible translates the particular word as evil, and that is a literal translation. However, it can also be translated as difficult or trouble. Solomon was not talking about days filled with sin and wickedness. Rather, he was talking about days filled with difficulties and troubles. He goes on, as we'll see in just a moment, to describe those days as including a number of physical ailments and breakdowns. Hearing loss occurs with some. Eyesight fades and a person is just not as strong as they used to be. Various mental problems can arise, such as being afraid of things that never used to bother the person. So let's go ahead and read about these evil days in chapter 12, verses 1 through 7, because it teaches us all such vital lessons. Solomon wrote, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near when you will say, I have no delight in them, before the sun, the light, The moon and the stars are darkened, and the clouds return after the rain. In the day that the watchmen of the house tremble and mighty men stoop, the grinding ones stand idle because they are few, and those who look through windows grow dim, and the doors on the street are shut at the sound of the grinding mill being low, and one will arise at the sound of the bird, and all the daughters of song will sing softly. Furthermore, men are afraid of high places and of terrors on the road. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags himself along, and the capybara is ineffective. For man goes to his eternal home while mourners go about in the street. Remember him before the silver cord is broken and the golden bowl is crushed. The pitcher by the well is shattered and the wheel at the cistern is crushed. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was 
and the Spirit will return to God who gave it. My friends, this section of Ecclesiastes is about growing old and keeping God active as the primary driving force of our lives, even as our bodies and minds change and age. The first important lesson to learn about the evil days is that it is going to happen to everyone who lives long enough. We are all going to have to endure those days. God's natural plan includes the physical breakdown of our earthly bodies over time. I can tell you what I think is the reason for this. First of all, due to the sin of Adam and Eve, we lost access to the tree of life. Death entered into the world, both spiritually and physically. So this world is not our home, and life on this earth is not always easy. Vicki and I often discuss how difficult it is for people who live in constant pain. And a lot of people, especially older people, do just that. Does that serve no purpose? No, it does serve a purpose. God wants us to long for the better place where our bodies will be immortal and no longer subject to decay and deterioration. This world is not our home, and these bodies that break down are just temporary. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 54. Paul wrote, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will have put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. While we're at it, let's move over one book to Second Corinthians and read verses chapter 5, 1 through 4. Again, from the pen of Paul we find, For we know that if the earthly tent which is our house is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, inasmuch as we, having put it on, shall not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, in order that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. This sure helps us to understand and even appreciate the evil or difficult, troublesome days. In the difficult or evil days, we can be forced to deal with the breakdown or deterioration of some of our mental faculties, which can and do interfere with our service to God. We live in a world full of dementia and Alzheimer's disease, and sometimes with age comes the diminished capability to make logical, rational decisions about a relationship with God. Look at verse 5 in, in Ecclesiastes 12. Solomon wrote, Furthermore, men are afraid of high places and of terrors on the road. One of the problems of growing older is the fear of some things that we did not fear before. Young people are rarely afraid of heights and are relatively carefree as they walk along the roads. But with declining physical ability, those who are older no longer have the balance or the alertness that we once had. Normal activities become scary endeavors because of physical limitations and sometimes the loss of ability to think rationally. 
We often hear of scam artists preying upon the aged, taking advantage of their fears and their lack of clarity of thought. Who among us has not heard of some terrible individual stealing hundreds, if not thousands of dollars from an older person because they were able to fool them, thus leaving them broke and ashamed? There are often emotional problems, such as crying easily, becoming upset because they cannot do what they did before. It can be downright tough. Then we have the physical problems and breakdowns that definitely hinder and interfere with our service to God. The desire may very well still be there and even stronger because generally the older people are not working at a job for 40 hours a week, but the body just won't let it happen. In verse 3, Solomon wrote that the watchmen of the house tremble and the mighty men stoop. This phrase is thought to refer by most scholars to the arms and the legs of one who is older. Once strong arms and hands can become weak and feeble. They tremble and the legs don't work as well. Mighty men stoop would appear to be referring to the back, but it probably means the legs because the Hebrew phrase uses the plural. All we have to do is watch our beloved older members make their way into the church building to see the reality of this description of old age by Solomon. The old legs just aren't what they used to be. Solomon also wrote about grinding ones standing idle because they are few. My friends, that refers to the teeth. Nowadays, the older may have a full mouth of teeth, but a lot of them will be implants, crowns, or dentures. I can attest to that. Those who look through the windows grow dim. That has reference to eyesight. The eyes do get worse. Cataracts can come, and I can't tell you how many times the guys I play golf with say, I just can't see the ball when it lands anymore. It doesn't stop there. Hearing begins to go with many of us. That is the point of the sound of the grinding mill is low. Yet one of the ironies of old age is that, even though it is difficult to hear, the elderly often sleep so lightly that the slightest noise can wake them up. The idea found in verse 4 of the daughters of the song singing softly may also refer to the lack of strength in the voice as we age. Looking at verse 5, I know that the almond tree blossoms what it is referring to. It is the hair turning gray or silver. I know that the phrase, the grasshopper drags himself along, refers to the difficulty older folks have getting around. Staying in verse 5, we find further information concerning the difficulties of age. It is because we are headed toward our eternal home. As we age, we have no hope of returning to the vitality of our youth. We are on a path that proceeds steadily and consistently until death comes. The path that leads to death is shorter for some than for others, yet all will eventually arrive at their eternal home. When that happens, the mourners come out, which we can view as a reference to the funeral. My friend Solomon, the preacher in Ecclesiastes, is telling us that we do not have an unlimited amount of time. We do not have forever on earth to figure out the matters of life, and this may be the most important point Solomon was making about the evil days. Look at verses 6 and 7 and note that Solomon uses four metaphors to refer to death. The first metaphor is that of the silver cord being broken. Life is inherently valuable. Like a precious metal, life is a precious gift. Yet life itself is supported by a thin, 
unbreakable cord. The image is not of a life being taken. It is an image of a life worn by age until it finally breaks. The second metaphor is the golden bowl is crushed. The fact that the bowl is golden implies the value of the life and the great loss when it is over. The third and fourth metaphors are the pitcher by the well is shattered and the wheel at the cistern is crushed. The image is that of a pulley at the top of a well or cistern through which or by which the pitcher is lowered into the well. It breaks apart because it becomes too weak to support the weight of the pitcher. The whole mechanism from the wheel to the pitcher goes crashing down into the bottom of the well. It had functioned so well for so long, but time had taken its toll. As we journey through life, we must have our priorities in the right order. We must seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Solomon described the journey into mental and physical breakdowns with the end result being death. When death occurs, opportunities are gone. Then it is just too late to fix a sinful life. While we have life, we have the opportunity to learn how we should live and to give God the proper place in our lives. We all need to take time for serious self-assessment. Are we where we need to be in our walk with God? If not, we should make changes now because the evil or difficult days are coming. I want to look at one more verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 before we close. Moving on down to verse 11, Solomon wrote, The words of wise men are like goads, and masters of these collections are like well-driven nails. They are given by one shepherd. I particularly want to look at the phrase, well-driven nails. Some may have planted nails. I think that Solomon is saying that he wanted his words to stick. When you are building something, say putting up drywall, you want to hit the stud. Solomon is viewing his readers as studs and what he said as nails. As the grand carpenter in this journey, he had to have the right nails, so to speak, and he did, the very words of God. He had to know where the studs were. In other words, he had to know the people he was reaching and teaching and exhorting, the studs to which the world would, would stick. And finally, he had to do it right. No one wants a carpenter who cannot drive a nail in the right place. Just so, no one wants a preacher or teacher who has not taken time to make sure that what is said is absolutely true according to God's word. Just like Solomon said, we need to become master of these collections, the wisdom teachings of Solomon, which of course have God as their source. The evil days are difficult and the older times are hard, but with God as our guide, it'll all be okay. Thanks for listening.